Well, good morning and welcome back to another episode of Engagement Matters, Bridging the Leadership Gap. I'm Jeff Underwood and my co-host, Mr. Cord Stockwell. How are you doing this morning, buddy? Fantastic. Way better than I deserve. How are you, sir? I am doing great. Um, doing great. You know, I just got back home last night uh, from a little road trip, a work road trip. And, um, you know, Cord, one of the things I was, you know, having that windshield time, right? You know, mm. good five plus hours of driving. You get that windshield time in certain areas where there's no cell phone coverage, um, where it forces you just to think. And one of the things that I was thinking about on my drive yesterday was we keep seeing this term people over process on LinkedIn, right? For some of these CEOs, uh, VPs, right? These companies that are doing amazing things. And the mantra seems to be people over process. And I always find it interesting because it creates a lot of, uh, I want to say confrontation, but a lot of comments and reactions from people. And I myself, am, I, I feel like I'm one of those people, right? Where it is people over process to get a result. But I have these moments in time where there's a KPI, there's a metric that needs to be hit. There's a number. And all of a sudden it's like, almost this fear rises up. Like I am not missing a number and have a tendency to maybe push or, or you know, um, put a lot on me. And yeah. sometimes maybe not have the focus on the people. And I start focusing on the process or the number and uh, which I love the fact that I can stop myself and think about it. But I, I thought it'd be an interesting topic for us to talk about today. Well, I love that. And I think there's two ways to interpret that term, right? People, period, over, period, process, period, meaning people are greater than process, right? Yeah. But then there's also people over process. Ooh, I like that. Right. And it's the same words. It's just where you put the, you know, whether you put the emphasis on the right syllable. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Okay. But seriously, I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, it's been an interesting week or so ch chatting with you where, you know, we're at the beginning of a year. Um, you know, you're, you're part of an organization that has goals. Um, those goals are dictated by someone somewhere maybe some group of people somewhere, who knows, you know, investment banks, whatever, they all have a say in what the goal is. Um, everybody, but the guy that's got to go actually nail the goal. Right. And so yeah. now you get this goal and you've got, you know, you've got all the hope in the world. You've got a good plan. You've, you, you feel like that goal is achievable. Then you get to work. And, uh, and, and then life happens and, and those people start to happen and you start to figure out that, man, it's, um, you know, that number looks achievable if everybody's doing everything right. But then you find out that's seldom ever the case. Um, sure. you know, the Pareto principle comes into play. 20% of them are doing it right and getting you 80% of the results. And then, you, you know, then you got to start thinking about how do I scale this and all and people over process you're, Yeah you instantly start over-processing it because you're thinking about the number, not those people. What, what do those people need to achieve their goals that eventually, if they're achieving their goals, my number's an afterthought, right? And yeah. that's the heart when there's so much noise in your life as an executive and every meeting and every phone call, you're either getting, you know, praised or kicked for where you're at in the month. And you're constantly asked if your forecast is still straight and Dude, it's really hard to turn that noise off and go, you know what? The number's <clears throat> going to get there if the people are taken care of. And yeah. um, 
And it's tough, man. Anymore, most leaders have to think not only like like managers, they also have to think like operational guys. And it's usually the the two aren't found in the same body. So it's uh, it's tough, depending on what conversation you're coming out of. Most recently, your your head's in a different place as a leader. Sure. Yeah, you know, and it's you know, when I was down in Southern California, right? And it just you know the 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 term or the word communication came up a lot, yep. right? Yep. And and it's to to have that 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 tight communication. Um, but also I think, you know, just asking the questions, where does someone want to go? Right. Knowing that, Hey, if we're in the workforce, we got to go work hard, right? There there's, you know, sometimes there's too many excuses and that doesn't mean that you're putting process over people. It's just actually having that conversation. And sometimes it's okay to have a tough conversation with somebody. Right. Right. Um, and maybe it's necessary. Um, because I think as leaders, sometimes, when we hear this people over process, some people might consider it, you know, well, it's not aggressive enough, or that's kind of a weak, or that's an excuse to not hitting something. And, and I would almost flip-flop that and say, by, by not caring enough about someone's dream to help them get to where they want to go, sometimes it does deserve that candid, um, you know, that candor, right. Um, to have an honest conversation. Is this the right path? Is this where you belong? Is this where you want to go? What is, and, and have that tough conversation. Yeah. Um, because I think it will either one, do two, one of two things, help someone get them to where they want to go. Or the second one, identify, this is probably not the right path I want to be down or the road that I want to lead. Let me yeah. help you get to where that that is. And, and so it, it's just, uh, it's the the mental human mindset or you know there's a book out there the mind you know what um you know mm-hmm. um but having those conversations become has creates clarity um right. and it was just something that was just so profound to me getting to meet with about seven people over the last two days um it, the epiphany was having the conversation talking to people not paying attention to the number, all of a sudden it's amazing the flood of stuff that's already coming in this morning and yesterday going, oh, we just crushed that number. Yeah. Um, you know, and a week ago, sitting there freaked out about it, but just getting out there and having conversations and, and you know, rubbing elbows, uh, boy, it, it goes a long way. That's right. Well, if, yeah. And, you know, if they're passionate about what they're doing and you're not, um, showing them that they matter they're going to find someone that will yeah. and do this somewhere right because they, they everyone regardless what they say we we all get fuel from edification from connection from understanding from someone you know being there for us cheering us on what whatever i mean that is that that level of connection is really important and especially when you're in an environment like ours where it's kind of a you know, an independent contractor space. It's not a W-2 organization where you can have, you know, scheduled, you know, mandatory meetings and that kind of right. thing. It's, it's it's a lot more free form. So that's what's even more impressive when you're able to find a leader like yourself that that takes that seriously enough to get themselves outside of the chaos for a minute and make it a priority to just really connect with the people when that happens, you're seeing it. I mean, the, the business comes because that breeds loyalty, that breeds excitement, that breeds a comfort level of, yeah, I am in the right place at the right time with the right people. 
and and sales is a transference of emotion. Yeah. At the, you know, we've talked about this before. So when they've got the right, you know, passion, the right mindset, the right everything going in because they're supported well, they've got the right arrows in the quiver, um, and they've got a solution they know is going to work. And they they've got people that they're connected to. They can't wait to call after this meeting and tell them how great it went. That's yeah. the package that gets, you know, that really um, ends up becoming, um, you know, almost unstoppable. Lights the fire. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, well, let's get the competitive juices going. This is fun. Let's go. Right. That's right. Um, there is a, you recipe. Know, a couple of things you said there. Right. It reminds me of kind of why we started this podcast, you know, over a year ago. Yeah. Connecting with people, mm-hmm. engagement matters, right? And it and it's you know you, something is important, and it always stays important. But then, as you grow or as you, you know, new things happen, sometimes you forget. And I don't want to say forget, but you don't place the priority in things like maybe you once did, right? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. just the the kiss it method, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we get so busy and so much going on that we forget to keep it simple, right? The power of engagement. And this is a lot of what we're talking about right now. Right. But you know, it, it's a, it's a piece of the puzzle to what mm-hmm. we're talking about on the people over process. And, you know, I remember, and you may have mentioned this on a podcast or maybe it was a conversation we'd had before, um, you know, where I think as leaders, we're responsible to identify and see things and not be afraid to have a conversation. Yeah. And if I remember right, I think you had a, a great story that kind of illustrates um, some of what we're talking about, right? Like a, a leader that was kind of, hey, the number and the hard fist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Recogni- you, you recognize something. If I remember right, you kind of pulled him aside and you had a conversation. And that might have been, I don't know, years ago. But to this day, I think that conversation shifted something. We, I, I the. The details are a little fuzzy, but yeah. I, I think this ties in a little bit. Well, it, it does. And th- yeah, good job. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, it's, you know, basically what it was, I was, I'll leave the company names and, and people names out of it to protect the innocent. Um, we, you know, I'd been brought into an organization to build something um, and, and th- they had already had a couple of start stops where they had started building something and it just wasn't taken off the way they thought, but boy, they had some great people and the beginnings of a good plan. And um, I'd been doing something similar for years in the independent space and was brought in to, you know, help them get it off the ground and, and finally working. And so after about three months in, um, I was uh, I'd been working really closely with the, the two guys that were basically architecting it before I got there. And um, which isn't easy to do. Right. Like they knew I was being brought in to fix what they couldn't. And so that's an interesting um, dynamic to get through. So it, it took us a good 60, you know, 60 days of working close together for them to realize I wasn't there to get rid of them. <laughs> I was there to compliment. And and it sure. was so anyway, by the time we got to that point, we had a really good relationship is my point. We had, you know, we were going to lunch together almost every day. And I, I knew these gentlemen, um, you know, as friends, as well as counterparts and, and, uh, and, and peers. So um, it had gotten to a point where um, the team was basically just, um, frozen. They weren't responding to, to the guy that was the sales leader, um, at all. As a matter of fact, they were kind of rolling their eyes at him. And 
he was kind of recycling things they had tried that didn't work before with a slightly different spin. And they could tell he was just not, um, he wasn't, uh, it wasn't working. And so he start, you know, it starts to become almost an adversarial thing because he was thinking that because they weren't listening to him, that's why it wasn't working. And they were thinking the same thing. He's not listening to us. And so it's not working. And, and they were really at a point of frustration. I was hearing from a lot of the reps, like, when is this going to change? When's he going to get it? And I was hearing from him all the time. My God, what, you know, I just need better people. This is, you know, this is awful. And, um, and finally it, it just hit me. I, I, I stopped and just said, I got a question for you, man. When you're faced with an obstacle or a problem of either hitting your goal or a, taking a product to market, whatever it is, where does your mind go first? Does it go to the process or to the people? And he goes process first every time. I've already hired the right people. I know that. So I've got to give them the right process. And I said, you're not a leader. You're an ops guy. And he went, what, what do you mean? I said, well, if your mind isn't going directly to the people first, when you have a problem, it's going to process, then the people don't matter. You can insert people here all you want. Your mind's going to go to the process every time. And so that's not how you build sustainability. It's got to be about finding the people and let the people dictate the process. You know, if you, if you hire smart people and let them be smart, um, but part of it is you've got to know who they are, what they're about, what they want, what drives them, what are their strengths and where can you apply that? Um, that's how it works. That's people, man. And then, then the gaps are dictated by process and it, yeah. it did, it, it, it kind of stuttered him. And he was like, man, you're, you know, you're onto something there. I, I am more about the technology and the systems we can put in place to automate and all of that. And he said, I, I guess, I guess I've been looking at this wrong. And a couple of weeks later, an operational role came up on the enterprise team for him and he applied for it. And it went through about three months then of, of really having to qualify for that role. And I mean, it by, you know, by halfway through the process, it was really clear. He was the guy and he's still in that role three and a half, four years later um, and crushing it. I mean, so that wasn't, by the way, none of that is to say that I had some kind of apostolic genius that saw that. It just, <laughs> it just, by the way he was addressing the problems he had before him, I could tell it wasn't about the people for him. And that was the problem. And so sure enough, I mean, we, we brought another guy in that was about the people. As a matter of fact, he was, he was pretty anti-process. Uh, he didn't want to know any of that junk. He just wanted to love on his folks and he knew his folks were way smarter than him. And if, if he had their heads right, they'd figure out the process and sure as shit. I mean, it wasn't 60 days later and he was tripling the previous numbers. And those folks on that team became our best recruiting pool because at that point, then they started telling all their friends, Holy sure. crap. I've got the best job. I love my boss. You got to come check it out. That's um, awesome. Prior to that, we were given $500 recruiting bonuses to those people and nobody ever brought anyone in. Isn't that something? You know, so, and it, it's just uh, one kudos to you for recognizing and then speaking up. Right. And I think sometimes whether it's fear or questioning our own selves of just having that raw conversation. And it's done through care, right? Like you just got to a point where you saw it, but then it, I always think an event happens or occurs in someone's life to create an impact change. Um, you know, and, and sometimes it might be too late or sometimes like you, you might've, you know, delayed 
an opportunity, right. To, to, to reach your goal. Um, but having the courage to just, you know, have the conversation sometimes, right. Um, it's just so, it's so powerful. Um, and you know, you, you don't realize how one person, like each of us, right. Anybody that's listened to this, how much we can impact the lives of others around us. Right. You may not have to touch all 50 people, but just one person starts that spark that leads a change to impact so many others lives. And if we just sit down with our head in the sand, um, and, and I think that's what separates leaders sometimes from just doers, right. Is the vision, the visionary of it, like, Hey, we can accomplish this or we can do this. Having conversations sometimes are uncomfortable, but they're necessary. Yeah. Um, And it's, uh, there is an art form to that. Um, because, uh, you know, I, I have to say, um, that was, that was the hard part was figuring out how to make it his idea. Um, which I think, you know, it is probably a recognized issue. We all have as leaders, right? We, it would have been real easy to go and say, Hey man, I know what your problem is and wag a finger and say, you're thinking process, not people and your people don't like it. And everybody knows it, but you wise up asshole, right? That's the saying the same damn thing. Um, But it took literally saying, hey, man, you know, when you have an issue, where does your mind go? And so effective questioning is huge when you have those crucible moments that have to be addressed because the last thing you want is to put them on the defense. Um, uh, You put them on the defense and now you've got a much bigger cultural issue. Uh, So that, uh, you know. Well, it's a, it's a tale. It's also a cautionary tale, you know, make sure you've, you've really thought that through and that you're, you're literally helping them come to their own realization and not forcing it on them. That's, that's no better than what they're doing. Right. So anyway, yep. <laughs> no, it's uh it's a great topic. Right. And I think it's something that needs to be discussed and, 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 and talked about, um, it's just, it, it, it amazes me how much good can come out of good communication too. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I think the days of just shooting emails, like we're so zoomed and emailed burnt out from the last couple of years. Right. That's right. Um, you know, and I, and I think just making a, a decision to act, pick up the phone or hop on a plane or hop in a car. Yeah. Right. Like only so much time can go by without like using it. Oh, can't go, you know, da, da, da. People need human interaction. Um, it, it is, I just think it's vital, right? Um, some people need it more often than others. That's right. right? So you, you could have someone that is a top producer and all of a sudden it's like, hey, what the heck happened there? And six months can go by and no one's picked up a phone or just said, hey, I'm showing up, you know, let's get together. Yeah. Um, I kind of witnessed that a couple of days ago, right? Is someone just kind of, you know, unplugged or, or whatnot, right? Events happen in people's lives. Yeah. And just showing up to say, Hey, I'm here. What's going on? Let, let, let's talk about it. And all of a sudden you see the demeanor and the attitude change. And it, it just, it's amazing what can happen when you just show up. That's it. That's you it. Know? I mean, it, and I yeah. like, I, you know, yeah, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying I, I, that, that phrase just show up. I, I think I've heard it before, but like every day just show up. Right. That's right. um, be, be present for your team, be present for the others that are in your life and just show up. And it's yeah. like, wow, what, you know, how much joy and how much stuff can come out of just showing up. 
That's right. Uh, well, and and let's make it really clear. You know, I, I think anybody listening to this that hasn't experienced the positive upside of engaging with your people may be thinking, dude, if I engage, you know, I've got a team of 300 people. How am I going to have time for anything else if all I'm doing is engaging with my people? Um, you know, it sounds good. You know, easily said. Uh, okay, I get all of that. The, the thing is, as a leader, you have to foster that environment so that there's safety and openness, there's safety and vulnerability. Um, you, you remember when, when I've led teams that you were on, we did the fill the bucket exercise yep. as leaders where we, we literally intentionally got vulnerable with each other and kind of went around the horn and said one thing we admire about everybody we're on the team with. Um, yep. There's typically you don't end up with ever knowing what people admire about you. And most of the time it's none of your business, but in, a, in an environment where you've got to work together as a single unit, but there's multiple people, you've got to have that level of connection. We've been vulnerable together. We've cried together. We fought together. We, I know what you appreciate about me and you know what I appreciate about you. And before very long at all, just having an environment like that set up, now all of a sudden they're all communicating with each other. And it doesn't always have to be you um, that's having the, the conversations with people. It fosters an environment of that. And now you've got an engine um, that's that's moving in the right direction. And, the, you know, so it doesn't always you don't have to have 300 one on ones every month to know where everybody's at. Yeah. Um, and the Pareto principle is true. You know, the the top 20 percent are giving you the 80. So. Focus your attention on that top 20%. So many people go focus on the 80% that aren't doing anything. Yeah. Guess what? They're still not going to do anything. The Pareto principle is there for a reason um, because it's proven and it always proves itself out. You can go pull the numbers for your organization right now. And I promise you 80% of your results are coming from 20% of the people. So if you're spending your time trying to fix the 80 Get ready to be frustrated. Spend yeah. your time multiplying the 20 and get them bringing their friends in and all. And by the way, that the bottom 5% of your top 20% is always going to be top grading too. So nothing's ever perfect. But if you're always focused on the imperfections, it's just it's going to drive you nuts. Strength finders, right? You yeah. work on what's working, multiply those things, and um, and you can you can dedicate your time there. I promise. We all have that bandwidth. You know, and I know we're getting up close to up against the clock here, but, I, you know, something you just said there, and I've heard this before, and I, I always just don't quite, I want to say I don't understand it, but I don't know that I always agree with it. Like your top performers, just get out of their way and leave them alone. And, and I've seen uh, top performers, I've had top performers come to me and say, yeah, so, you know, my boss never calls me or, you know, they, they never like... So no matter how great they are at their job or what they do, yep. people still need human connection. They want to know they matter. Right. So I think when, I, so I would, I would almost rephrase this in the sense of don't leave them alone, but don't bog them down with X's and O's have a conversation and say, Hey, how do you do that? You know, you do yeah. such a great job with this. I'm struggling with, you know, the 80% ask for some advice, have a conversation, right? And let them know that they matter and they care. Because if your mindset is they're top performers, they don't need me. I'm just going to get the hell out of their way and let them do their thing. There might be two or 3% of the tw top 20 that don't ever want to hear from you. They're just, that's just how they're wired. 
but yeah. you won't know that unless you have the conversation. Just don't assume. Let them do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that their top performer just get out of their way and leave them alone. Like, well, that's it just drives me crazy. It I, does, I just don't I, understand it. I, so I will mention a name here because it's someone that I, that I dearly love and we share a birthday and I hate the way our past uh, separated us, but it is what it is. But there is a, there's a gentleman named Mike Brodnick that uh, when we first connected, um, I didn't report to him in any way. Uh, I wasn't, you know, in his organization whatsoever. He was just a, 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 you know, one of the big time executives and wanted to get to know me. And over about three months, we got to know each other really well. And then there was some shift in the organization where I was rolling to his organization and it was, I was happy about it, but obviously a little bit hesitant, didn't know really, we'd never had an actual, you know, um, reporting relationship. It had always just been, you know, um, Mike and Cord communicating. His very first question to me as my technical boss was, how do you like to be coached? And that blew my mind. I'd never been asked. So it was hard for me to come up with an answer in the moment. But to your point, he didn't make a single assumption. He wasn't coming at me with his coaching style. This is going to, you know, I'm going to fit you into it. He literally was willing to adjust his coaching style to how I like to be coached. Woo. I mean, I've thought about that every coaching conversation I've ever had since. And, um, and by the way, the, your coaching style will probably fit with whatever their answer is. You just, sure. again, made it their decision. That's yeah. It's just awesome. Anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, throw that in there. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's great, right. It's another great example of, um, you know, communication and, you know, not leading by the iron fist, so to speak, but, yeah. uh, you know, um, you know, people over process is possible, Big right. Time. It's very possible. And I, I'm willing to bet that an organization that puts that in place or, or, or speaks that every single day is thriving. Right. Um, because I figured it out, um, not just figured it out from just a principal standpoint, but a lot of what we just talked about. Yeah. Um, right. It, it truly, truly is the mantra. And if someone is not aligned in that leadership rank or in the environment, um, I think it's going to be short lived that they're there. That's um, right. and that's okay too. Right. Radical candor. Um, is it Kim Scott? I think Kim Scott is the one that wrote that book. Um, radical candor. Yeah, I've got um, the book. I, I, I could be I wrong. I think you're right. <laughs> if I am wrong, I apologize. Um, but uh, anyhow, yeah, what a great topic, great conversation, as always. Yes. And, um, you know, I would just, you know, we're getting a lot of a lot of people starting to view our podcast again, right? A lot of downloads, yeah. a lot of people, you know, and so I would love to, you know, anybody that does listen, hit us up on LinkedIn, right? Uh, shoot us a message. Um, you know, do you have a story? of, you know, where you've witnessed the people over process, uh, what, how did it impact you good or bad? Right. I would just be curious to hear back from some of our listeners. Um, you know, is this making an impact? Does it resonate? Is this something that you've experienced? And I would love to hear the story, right? Cause stories and experiences, I think is what life is about. Um, you know, and, uh, to be able to share those is powerful. It's how we learn. That's so, right. Good stuff. All right, buddy. Well, happy uh, happy Friday. It's sunny here in California, uh, sixty five degrees. Woo. So uh, it's a, it's a nice one. So nice day uh, to get out and engage. That's right, one hundred percent. All right, bud. 
Have an awesome day and I'll see you next week. See you next week.